Hello and welcome back to Management Cast, where some of the brightest minds in the business world explain the commercial concepts shaping industry today. This week we're back with IMD's Cyril Bouquet. Cyril is a professor of strategy and innovation who specializes in helping organizations and executives tackle complex challenges in creative ways. Welcome back, Cyril. Well, thanks for having me, John. It's great to have you here again. Cyril, in episodes one and two, we have covered great range of things, but essentially the what and the how of Megadive, what Megadive is and how you can bring that approach into the workplace. And that's included everything from how to motivate people to listen to you and whether or not Megadive needs an outside impetus. In this kind of episode three and this four-parter on the Megadive approach, I wanted to talk about a broader view on training, a broader view on how companies can stay ahead. And uh, we're going to get into a few of the uh, different kind of mega trends, let's say, uh, happening in business today. But I just wanted to start with this question on training more generally. In the current environment, do you think this is something that businesses undervalue or most businesses undervalue? Well, I guess it all depends on what we mean by training. You know, I often have an allergic reaction because training suggests that somehow you have a pool of people that need to go through a process to be almost fixed, right? Fixed for some competencies that they don't have, that they should be nurtured. And training viewed in that way, I guess, is, is often seen by companies as an expense. You need to improve the skills of, of your people. And so, you know, typically, if that's your conception of, of what training is all about, then I would say that in rough times, often you don't have a lot of incentive to invest into those kinds of initiatives. But if you think about training as an opportunity to, to build a future, to invest in the development of people, then I guess you know, there's never a good time or a bad time to, to do that. And, and precisely when the context is not exactly the most conducive to generating profits or, or a new stream of, of revenues, then you should ask yourself, you know, how can I help my people to unlock the keys to the future? And so I guess it very much depends, I guess, on the context, of course, but, but also the conception that companies have about training and how they value this as a tool to invest into the future and not just as a, an instrument to fix kind of competencies that people bring to the present. Okay, so let's talk about those contexts. One of the things that I think may be hard for many businesses is deciding to invest in something as involved as a Megadive and potentially as time-consuming or expensive as a Megadive when they're going through financially difficult times. Can you speak a little bit about that, about whether or not businesses should be looking towards these kind of large-scale, time-intensive training schemes when they are perhaps in a difficult financial position? I think all the, the empirical evidence that we have, and not just coming from IMD, but we've studied it at IMD as well, but, but most of the other consulting firms have actually tracked the performance of, of small and large companies to see how they were doing in times of hardship, but also following periods of, of financial trouble, and then try to assess you know, whether interventions like the ones that we propose here at IMD could benefit a company in the, in the long term. And, and precisely all the evidence suggests that companies that do invest in, in training, but also in executive development sort of initiatives that do in, invest in innovation in, in general, tend to come out of a crisis much stronger than those who, who just 
you know, worry about the immediate sort of situation and try to optimize the business the best they could. So again, to invest into development of people and giving them the possibility to get together and come up with ideas that can make a difference to the company moving forward is actually something that is useful to do, especially in periods of, of hardship. And so, Cyril, you know, when companies are going through these large periods of transitions, perhaps when they're merging with another company, is that an appropriate time for a Megadive facilitator to come in and, and start those conversations? Or is that, is that something that should come a bit further down the line? No, absolutely. I think you're right. If you think about what a Megadive is all about and the way we discussed it on, on the previous episodes, it is really about creating energy about the future and creating an alignment among people who, who are given a space to be able to combine their thoughts and cross-pollinate ideas and build the company of their dreams sort of moving forward. And so clearly, as we've said, in a period of, of hardship, it's an opportunity to think differently about the future and to build this momentum and build this incredible sense that we together can succeed. But as you, as you suggest now also, in periods of transition, when, when a company is merging or when you bring a new CEO on board, for example, often companies have come to us in those moments because they realize, well, this is an incredible opportunity that we have to, to build a team that is going to essentially begin the next chapter of our transformation. And now is the right moment for us to, to come together. We have a new CEO, we have a new leadership team, or we have two leadership teams sort of coming together and who have to develop a, a common agenda, uh, who have to develop uh, shared ways of working, who have to agree, but before they agree, they have to debate options that can mobilize the company moving forward. And they see in the mega dive, they see in the kind of journeys of transformation that we can facilitate a unique opportunity to come together as a collective. And do you think that requires a quite open-minded approach from senior management? You know, rather than coming in and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. I've got these top-down directives. I want everybody to fall in line behind my vision. Are these the kind of people that are saying, no, I want to understand my business and I want to get that input before we come with this game plan? And so does it require that you come in with a slightly more open-minded or perhaps an easier approach to taking criticism or perhaps having your ideas debated and potentially shot down? Absolutely. I think you've nailed it. It requires a lot of humility in, in that process. People who, who are willing to engage in those kinds of conversations that we can facilitate as part of a mega dive know that they don't have all the answers to the problems they face in the moment. And somehow they are willing to trust that conversations occurring throughout the organization can create insights that somehow are not in the possession of the current management team. And so you have to be willing to suspend a little bit your judgment. It's very easy to think that, okay, we know what is the path that we have to take as a company moving forward, and now is the time for us to implement that vision and sort of mobilize the rest of the organization. If you engage in, in a mega dive, you're really trying to open it up, right, and expand the range of possibilities and get an opportunity to people to bring their own individual and therefore collective voices to the conversation that will take place. And so, yes, this humility is very important. Are we willing to listen to a broader range of perspectives? Are we willing to embrace voices that may differ from the main dominant perspective that exists in the top team? And are we willing to suspend our judgment? And so I guess we all humility is key in this process, right? The ability to 
sort of welcome perspectives that differ from the rest of the group. Uh, also, capability that, that the CEO or management team has to, to sort of bring the opportunity for everybody to have a voice in this process is absolutely key. So can you suspend your judgment and accept to venture into the unknown without having all the answers at the start? I often like to say that you can't invent the future. You have to create it as it unfolds. And with the Megadive, you can create it together with other people. But that, of course, requires that you don't know everything at the start of the journey and that you're willing to learn and cover the future as it unfolds. Cyril, when you talk about these things, you've spoken already about kind of having this energy about the future. And now when you're speaking about being open-minded, going together, it does sound like something that could very well engage people across the whole of the business, um, but not just engage them, you know, in this kind of rote training package. You spoke again in, in episode two a little bit about creating this environment that isn't a static management meeting. It's a more meaningful event. You know, I'm struck by you know, the current state of uh, economies all over the West where labour markets are extraordinarily tight. And, you know, there are reports, whether it be in the US, the UK, France, of businesses not being able to get the right kind of talent, not being able to hold on to the right kind of talent. Is the mega dive an opportunity to engage with your talent? Can it be a way to perhaps keep people on board in these you know, times where people are being very, very discerning about how they choose their company, about the kind of company they want to work for? Yeah, absolutely, John. I was reading a study from the conference board in, in Canada where they surveyed CEOs all around the world. And they all agree, whether you're located in, in Europe or in Asia or North America, the number one issue for companies today is not the war in Ukraine or the energy crisis. It is the attraction and retention of talent. I found it very, very surprising to see the, the data and the empirical evidence that comes from this particular survey. And of course, the Megadive is a process, again, that gives everybody a voice, a voice into building a future that does not exist, a future that could be better than the present we have, or simply a different kind of future that, that doesn't exist. And so when, as you mentioned, conditions are tight at the moment, it's simply because people want to work for a company that somehow is bringing them tremendous opportunities to do work that is meaningful. And often you don't get that impression, right, working in a business, if nobody cares about your views for the, for the future. But when you realize that you are invited to a process to become the architect of change, where you are given a space to be able to debate with your colleagues, you know, what is the company of our dreams that we want to build? Then indeed, you know, I feel that somehow I have an avenue right, that exists for me individually, but also collectively with my colleagues to do something that is, that is meaningful, to move the company in a direction that I believe can, can make a difference. And so, and so I would say that often, again, in, in a mega dive, right, you can create, again, the motivation for people to maybe uh, give their best to the company and stay in the company and because you offer them the opportunity to participate to the process of building a, a future that doesn't exist. And that's important. And so, of course, if I can finish a couple of things right on this, you know, it matters in two ways. Because first, people have the opportunity to gather, develop ideas that can be embraced by the company moving forward and that can make a difference. So I can, we can build the agenda together and that is motivating for people. But then the other way is that the process itself is motivating, right? Is that even if the ideas that we develop as a group are not necessarily adopted in the short term, the process of, again, discussing your views about the future with your colleagues 
and having debates and improving on those views based on the feedback that you receive is also very re rewarding for people because, because indeed now they can exert their voice, they can uh, amplify uh, signals that they believe need to be amplified. And, and so this process itself of orchestrating those collective discussions throughout the business matters in an objective of engaging and retaining people into the future. Wow, Cyril, thank you so much. That's a really, really great place to stop, I think. For this third episode, I want to thank you for coming on Management Cast again. Thank you very much, John. And as a reminder to our listeners, Cyril Bouquet is a professor of strategy and innovation at IMD's campus in Lausanne. As an award-winning researcher, teacher, and consultant, he's worked with clients including Nestle and UBS to deliver change and progress. Next time on Management Cast, we'll be speaking once more to Cyril about his Megadive approach. See you next time.